with a lot of books, but it don't matter because I have established myself as the original game. Not the original prankster. I don't rap about it. I don't sing about it. I don't dance about it. This is what I do. As who's your next partner? I don't care about no partner because I'm me. I do my thing. I get my done. You know what I'm saying? Because I am the original gangster. Fucking uh, Manny decided that he was going to go on IG Live the other day for his birthday. And for everybody that showed up, he was like, okay, I'm going to pour up a shot. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm, I'm there. And I see him with this big ass glass of, uh, of Henny or whatever the hell he had. And he was obviously off his ass at that point. <laughs> So the fact he's alive right now is kind of crazy. It was absolute madness. I I regret my decisions. Um, I wish I would have <laughs> never made that. Uh, I I don't know if it was a bet. I just did it because I was bored and in the house. That's but, the way to. That's the way to I mean, go, It's day seventeen for me on this quarantine shit. Uh, no, that was I don't my even day know three. What day it is. Day seventeen. That's all I know. Are we sure it's 17? Like, I legit don't know what day it is. I've been in the house so long. Like, I legit have no idea. I I try to... Here's a toast to you, boys. Here you go. Okay, so he got Casamigos. Manny has water. I have a glass of uh, Pinot Noir, which I'm pretty sure that I'll be, like, two glasses into this uh, within the next 10 minutes. So I don't know how this is going to go. I mean, you brought me on on a podcast that I don't normally do, and I'm about to have... A nice little, nice little cup here, uh, and then I also have my joint. So, like, I, who knows where this is gonna go? This gonna be are you missing? Are you missing the Casamigos with anything? Like, are you mixing them with anything? A cup of ice. Casamigos on the rocks, tequila on the rocks. Yeah, that's 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 a dangerous combination. George like George Clooney didn't invest in this tequila for it to be taken with anything other than. Some ice cubes. George Clooney. <laughs> oh my God! So if you don't, if you don't know, Doug, we are live right now. I just started it just off the fucking string. Mm. Like I'll get to the intros and shit later. That's great. That's great. Let's just so you know, the the worst decision I made wasn't chugging a quarter bottle of Hennessy. It was later on. I was on the live, and I think Cody was on my live. Like we were split screen, uh, screen, uh, screening, and then he was like, "Oh man, he drink again." And then I ran out of Hennessy, so I went to go grab my bottle of Ciroc that was sitting there. And then someone commented down; they were like, "Hey, uh, why are you mixing?" And I was like, "I am doing that. I totally forgot. I didn't realize." Well, just know I blacked out in my own house. Quarantine life, bro. That's a lot better than blacking out in public. I feel like blacking out in your house is a lot better than blacking out in public. And if you see Doug's face right now, he's automatically going back to a a particular night in like, what was that, 2015, 2016? Nah, that's like, that's might be, it's 20, yeah, it's 2015. It has to be 2015. That was a very bad night. Shout out to Hindapalooza, but that was a very dangerous night. I wasn't even thinking of that night, but. You got it. Which night were you thinking about? You were not there for this. I, I oh, okay. don't Thank even God. know if I know you for this. Uh, Thank God. So there was, I've, I've blacked out maybe like three or four times, but usually it's like by the time I'm home, the blackout happens. Um, But I went out with a bunch of friends just on some regular shit. Um, 
and I used to know, like, as I used to work in streetwear, or I used to like hang out with kids that like work in streetwear at the hundreds. But when we went out, we would know like club promoters and people who just like got into like parties and shit. So it used to be this club in New York called Griffin, and uh, this dude DJ Soul used to DJ every Friday night, and we knew a girl that would work the door there. So we would be able on like to pay like if a cover was like hundred bucks, she'd be like, "Yo, twenty five, and you're good." That night, she was like, "Yo, you want a bottle?" And I was like, "Yeah." She was like, "Yo, give me a hundred bucks." And I was like, "All right." She got us four bottles of Henny. Uh, and it was wait, about, wait, did you just say four? Four, four, and a hundred bucks. Yeah, this is what friend, that's, friendships. That's twenty five a bottle places. right there. That's a steal. Twenty five a bottle. Steal. That's a fucking steal. Steal. Uh, so it was like eight of us, I think. Uh, good group too. All I know is I black out, I wake up, we're at the Chinese spot in Soho at 69 Bayard, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I go to get out my seat, and then literally I drop to the floor. And I tried to blame it on one of my homies. I think it was Mark, and I was like, yo, you fucking took the, move the seat out. Next thing I know, I'm in my room, and it's like 10 a.m., and I'm like on the floor, and yeah apparently i blacked out apparently i some girl that i met that night that was like a homies friend of mine i apparently sat her down on the couch in the club and had a whole conversation with this girl like no, life like a life conversation to the point that i apparently got her number at some point through the night i told another friend to take her number and then text me so i woke up like yo this is this girl's number and i was like what the fuck is this no, see, that's uh, dangerous right there. It was great. It's a great night, honestly. Wait, how many times would y'all say y'all have blacked out ever? <sighs> four. I want to say four. That I night, Penny was... Palooza, Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> I wowed out. I wowed out that one. I, me- I remember going back to the Airbnb and like I woke. Well, it was the morning. Uh, I can't. Remember. I want to say four times though i can't even count to be honest with you because when i was in the military i literally used to buy bottles uh weekly like you see gray goose you see remy v you see henny just all lined up in my house so i don't even know how many times i blacked out that i can remember i want to say like i don't know probably six wait Six is a strong number that I can remember, but I'm pretty sure it's more than that. That's not a good. You're definitely double digits. Knowing me, wow, thanks. I mean, that makes me feel good about my life. I've seen you at your at some, seen you at your worst, brother. Carried you out. That was a very bad night. So I don't like to, I don't like to relive that night. Good. But I still don't understand why I haven't seen those pictures that you say exist. I've definitely they're in my iCloud somewhere. I don't know. You're just outside in shambles. Outside, of, what is that? Howard Theater, I think. Howard Theater, yeah. Yeah, you're just outside in shambles, head down. That's it. Going through. Going I've through seen it. that. I've seen that one that I, I, I think up all over me. No, nah, that's the only one. I've seen. There's, there's the one of like you in the spot head down and there's puke all over that's the one i think i have as like your contact photo uh mm-hmm. then there's the the rest of them are like 
I think there's like two more photos, honestly. And I think the other one is just like you sitting outside. That's when I was sexing oh girl, and I was like, yo, come get your man. Yes, yes. Like that photo. She who shall not be named on this podcast. Yeah, we don't do that. Um, but <laughs> that's why I was like, yo, I took that photo of like, I ain't taking care of this nigga. Come get your mans. Um, the remnants of that night were pretty crazy. I don't know if I ever told you, but uh, I think that was the same night that uh, she found out that I was cheating on her like the first time. It was very bad. Let me just have some tequila. There's no need to have tequila off that. Yeah, you went through some things. Manny, how many times did you blacked out? I uh, yeah, my my headphones were bugging out. Okay. Um, I don't know. To be honest, there was one month, um, two years ago, where we went out because there was five Saturdays in March. And I blacked out every single Saturday that month because we there was a bar in the city called Turtle Bay, which is now closed. Wait, Turtle Bay's closed? Yeah, somebody got stabbed there. It was crazy. Who the fuck is getting stabbed at Turtle Bay? I I don't know. Some guy. <laughs> I was I was on my way over there that night, so somebody was on their way. Well, I was on my way. Somebody was trying to talk to this girl, and she dubbed him because she was with her boyfriend. So the guy who asked to dance stabbed the boyfriend. It was crazy like that, but he was fine. He, Yo. he got stabbed once, but because of that, they had to shut down. Yo, you've obviously you've Marcus, you've never been to Turtle Bay. You have never if been you there. want an experience of like this ain't for me, Great. but I just gotta ride this out. It that's that's it. It's every that's exactly how you that's exactly how you should describe Turtle Bay. Because that's how I thought every time. There's a turtle statue that, like, if you're with the squad, you take a squad photo on the turtle. Uh, you have it's, to. You, you just have to go. You just have to experience it. Bro, okay. And so it was $25 open bar for three hours. There it is. And mind you, on top of, like, when they walk around with their little tubes. Yes. Like, oh, you want yeah, to There you go. And it's just a tube. For, mm, yep. Yeah. Turtle bait. Clearly, clearly, I missed the vibe. I'm clearly moving to New York way too late. Turtle Bay of vibe because there's just not enough black people there. Oh, that was the biggest problem. The, like the only music you'd hear was like EDM and like Clarity and like um I don't know like Backstreet Boys. You'd hear corny rap, songs like that. Rap at that's Turtle Bay, Flow Rider. That yeah. spot you took me to. Uh, what was that? Uh, the uh, SummerSlam weekend of twenty. 20- was that 2017? I, 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 I actually nah, I don't know what I don't know what spot that was, but that wasn't that wasn't enough black people there. What is a wild shit? You Probably, know, I don't I don't remember maybe Sweet Ambition. That sounds legitimate. Were we in the city? Yes. It might have it might have been Sweet Ambition. I, I I go there frequently, and that's a place where like it's usually white people, but yeah, you have all the, the, spots, margar- the, the margaritas come in the mason jar and it's fire. So I could I could see myself taking you to Turtle Bay. I other than that, I can't think of it. I don't know. Probably wherever. Turtle Bay was that was the spot. Every weekend I used to be in there, black and out like wild. It, there was one point where we were like like I said that that one month in March because it was my birthday and we wanted a party every weekend leading up to it. It was madness. It was literally straight madness, blacking out every week, waking up on my boy's couch, and then doing it again the next week. Nah, that's insane. I I, I can't live that life. 
Nah, I'm glad you're still it, here. It's my yeah, it's my old life. You know, I I don't do it as much anymore. We used to party like crazy. It was madness. Yeah, that's I'm I'm too old for that now. Yeah, that's why when he said four, I was like, wow, I did four in like one month, and that's not counting since I started drinking. So I was like, damn, I think I might have a problem. Nah, I I've accepted <laughs> that. You know, my tolerance is just. Like it's not even a bragging thing. It's just different. Like there's yeah, a, like there's we used a, to go out and have competitions to to see who right. can drink the most, and I think that was the most toxic part about it. I think, nah, I, see I, y'all y'all living life on the wild side. I've never done that. Uh, shout out to my safe life. I want to say it might be a it might say a lot that like the Casamigos by itself is like calming down. Like this is my final stage, right? That just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't need anything else. Just give me this, put it on the rocks, and I'm straight. And I'm gonna be calm because, like, yo, drinking tequila straight is kind of a wild vibe. You are a I hate it. I hate it so much. Only Casamigos. I won't. I wasn't even a tequila guy before Casamigos, and now I do like Casamigos, and then like. I like Classe Azul, but like I'm not buying Classe Azul because it's $120. But I will yeah. say Casamigos is very uh very delicious though. I'm not gonna lie to you. The more expensive it is, the smoother it is, is usually how it goes. Classe, yes. Classe Azul is like 125 There's a five thousand dollar bottle of Hennessy I really want to get. The privilege? No, the it's uh, uh the Richard Hennessy. It's five thousand dollars and I want to get it. I'm, I'm copying that when I sell out. Yeah, they're for like 13 grand, I think. No, nah, that thirteen grand is too much for me. I'm a I'm a teacher, bro. I don't make that much money. When you sell out, you don't you don't get that shit. Right. Nah, Maddie's gonna sell out, and when he sells out, I'm gonna ask him for a couple bucks. <laughs> you okay. see the hoodies? I, you see one, the hoodies. one of one. Oh, okay. so I think this is a good, I think this is a good time to introduce everybody. So, um, after fifteen or so minutes of rambling and talking about crazy shit, <laughs> um, welcome to the seventh episode of the undisputed hater podcast um i am here tonight uh under quarantine unfortunately um i'm joined by my good brother uh douglas christ yeah i guess so what i mean i've i've never done this so like i don't know what i'm supposed to call myself i just put that's my twitter name so i'm fucking with it okay you can call him brandon to be honest with you just call him brandon dugger okay Duggar works. There you go. Uh, also, I am joined by um, my good fellow Manny from the Last Stop podcast, who happens to have on his Last Stop merch right now. One of one. It's very exclusive. You can't cop it anywhere. It's, okay. Well, this this hoodie that I'm wearing right now is valued at a hundred thousand dollars. More. It's more <laughs> rarer than any Supreme hoodie, so you could look it up. You know, you there's there's more supreme hoodies than there are last stop hoodies, you know. No, he so said I gotta more value it that rare, way. so you know it's rare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo, shout out to you, coach, for having me. You know, I'm just out here potting away, you know, trying to stay in hot in indoors for this quarantine, you know. How how is the quarantine treating everybody? How how are people doing? How you know what? Hey, quick mental health check in. How are we doing, fellas? Are we okay? Are we making it? Are we losing our minds? What's going I mean, on? Manny, are we in the same city? Are we both in New York? Uh well, yeah, I'm in I'm in Westchester right now, you know, a little further up uh 
from yeah, but I'm like 20 minutes out this city. Where it got, no, that was Rochester where it got popped, where it started off crazy, right? Was it Rochester? Yeah, yeah, Rochester? yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Westchester got some a bunch of cases too, oh. but I'm I'm hanging out. I'm indoors for now, so we'll be all right. Yeah, um, I'm straight. I'm, I mean, considering everything that's happening, I'm happy to still have a job, so I'll take that. Uh, it's been what is this like? This is like week three. It's been, it's just like trash that like you just dead ass can't do shit. Like, if I want to drink, right, I gotta be in my crib and do that, and then right. I could walk around the neighborhood, but like, nah, I'm not trying to walk around my neighborhood, right? Facts. Do that. I'm trying to like get on the, trying to get on the train, go downtown to LES, kick it with the homies. Like I get like last night, my boy, I got a bunch of friends that are that DJ. So a couple of them did like IG lives together. And I'm just like, this is great. But like, this makes me want to leave the house. So I kind of accepted that like New York, we're going to be in this for a while. So it's very much like a mental game of like, this shit ain't gonna last one week. You're gonna be here for a minute. Like my birthday's in July. I'm hoping we out the house by then. But yo, if they ruin my birthday, out here, it I don't know. See, like, I don't know when New York goes back to normal because right. a lot of this shit depends on like the humans and we inside is mad niggas outside inside. And like my biggest thing is like if we don't fix it now. By the time like it's like eighty degrees out, it's it's over. No one's gonna be out. No one's gonna be inside. They're gonna all go outside, and we're gonna be here until like December. I definitely agree. It's not so bad in South Carolina, but also I'm moving up to where you guys are um, in a couple months, so it's kind of crazy. Like already, I'm kind of miserable because it ain't shit to do here already. So what I find myself doing is I'll get in the car and I'll just go drive around. Won't interact with people, but I'll just go drive around. Just so I can get out of the house and catch some fucking sun because being in the house is really making me lose my goddamn mind. Like this shit is really See, wild. I'm an essential worker, so I've been out the house, and the only reason I'm off of work is because Yikes. I was on vacation for uh for WrestleMania, but here I am in the basement. You know, yeah. my birthday, I was getting drunk on IG Live in my basement too. You know, everything that people went bad for me went bad for me. This was it's crazy because I I ultimately decided to not. Were you gonna go to Mania? Yeah, I had ringside seats. It was crazy. Oh, and it was gonna it was gonna be my first ever Mania too. That's the thing that it's blew my. It's your first me. Oh, I'm yeah. I never been to a Mania. My brother, I was supposed to live I life. I mean, I mean, nuts. For what it's worth, the thing I was my whole plan was to go to Mania, and then my homegirl hit me up and she was like. One of my best friends, she was like, yo, you want to go to Dreamville Fest, which was sat this Saturday. And I was like, oh, shit, all right. But I was like, oh, wait, I want to go to Mania. But Dreamville Fest is only one day. So originally, I was like, I'll take Monday and Tuesday off from work. I would fly out tomorrow, this guy. I would fly out tomorrow to North Carolina, do Dreamville Fest Saturday, wake up Sunday, fly to Tampa, and do Mania and then I was like, I'll just kick it for the rest of two days and just rest before going back to New York. But now I'm just like, then I decided like, nah. Once they said, because I knew the next two manias was going to be LA and Vegas. It's just a matter of who goes first. So once they were like, it's LA, I was like, you know what? I'm going to chill out and I'm going to just save it for LA next year. So as long as everything's good, I'm definitely in LA next year. 
I think everybody's going to LA next year, to be honest with you. Yeah, if 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 it's canceled next year, which it probably won't be, but if it is, I'm gonna be so tight because that's another birthday ruined, and I'm tired of this shit ruining birthdays, man. I'm not did gonna you, be uh, drinking on IG Live, blacking out in my crib. Did you get a good deal <laughs> for the floor seats? Um, it was like eleven hundred for. I think I was in the tenth row. And I'm still waiting on my, my refund. So, yo, Ticketmaster, if you're listening, I want my money. I'm, yo, I'm about to light up the spot. I want my dog his yeah. money, man. I mean, Bro. if we talking, since we're talking wrestling, yo, WWE owes me a commemorative chair from the Rumble. They're selling those. Oh. Yeah, they're selling. Oh, take your chair? So, so, Manny, this is, so I, I went to Rumble. This uh, I went to. Rumble. To Houston. Oh, you was there? Where'd you sit at? Yeah. I was also ringside for that. I was. Wait, did you get the? Did you get the holiday deal? No, I. I just this motherfucker I, had a holiday deal and got the ticket for fifty fucking dollars. I got the ringside seat for like a hundred because somebody on Twitter was selling it. Okay. And then they mailed it to me, and I'm currently sitting on my commemorative chair right now. I'm sick. <laughs> And then I got the takeover chair over Big there. Flex. Big flex <laughs> right now. Big flex yeah, right sir. now. So we, we, I lucked out. Was this Black Friday? Uh, yeah, Black Friday. I was just crazy. This is, it says a lot. So I was out. I was, where was I? The Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I went to pianos. Um, and my, my, one of my friends DJs there like every Wednesday. And then I got paid like that night. And I was like, oh shit, got paid early. Oh, I get home. And I just happened to have like the network on. And then I got, I saw something that said Royal Rumble. And I was like, oh shit, let me check these tickets. Mind, mind you, my ass was drunk. Um, so I got them through the Astros website. And I look at it and it's like, oh, holiday offer. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. I'm checking it. And all I see is like best available F12, 50 bucks. And I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, Am I too drunk or is this what I'm thinking it says, which is floor seats is 50 bucks. And I was just like, fuck it. Bought two, texting my homie like 6 a.m. Like, yo, we got floor seats. And he's like, he's like, wait, what the fuck do you mean you spent floor seats? We had a budget. And I'm like, yeah, this is under the budget. It's 50 bucks. So oh my God. it was real. Now, mind you, Manny, uh, sometimes I just forget shit so not sometimes most of the time most of the time uh so please no i didn't have takeover tickets i just had um because my flight got delayed so i didn't even know if i was gonna make worlds collide so i go on the i'm on the plane talking to my boy about worlds collide tickets and then tick the work tickets is popping up in my head so i forgot the floors i forgot the tickets here in new york so oh my god and then because they were floor seats, there's no mobile ticket. They just mailed it straight to you. So I stressed for like 20 minutes about what the fuck am I going to do? Because clearly I can't turn around, right? I went through Google and then I found the Astros. I found Minute Maid Park's Twitter. I hit them up and I was like, y'all got to help me. And they were basically like, where did you buy the seats from? And I was like, your website. And they were like, all right, you're straight. So... I the next day because I mind you I got there Saturday, so the day of the rumble I just had to wake up in the morning, go to the go to Minute Maid Park and then tell them and then they printed out my ticket for me. 
See, see now with me, the tickets that I got, I I, I was like going crazy over this because my my take my not take over the worlds collide. My seat was on the fourth row ringside, so it was like elite. And then I was like, all right, I can rock with this. But my main, uh, not my main, my rumble ticket, it was like twelve. It was like the section behind the ones that are ringside. Okay. And then it was like the tenth row of that. So I copped it, and then I was like, I know exactly what I'm gonna do if I don't like these seats. So as soon as I get there. It's when the Roman match is about to start that opened up the show. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I get to my seat and I sit down and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Got up, went to the ticket, uh, the ticket services area. And I was like, yo, y'all got the great Kali and his 12 older brothers sitting in front of me right now. I, I'm not going to sit over here. So I told him, I was like, I need a better seat, please. And then they were like, okay, is this one better for you? And then I took that ticket walked over and it was directly ringside on like the 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 last row but it was like everybody in front of me it was only like four or five ringside rows mm-hmm. so it was a it wasn't too crazy so i had like a perfect view of everything yeah and we, i finagled a, a 500 seat so i was like all right there we go that's how you we do it there were just there were there were no the we were like the there was a bunch of rows that had the commemorative seats. We were like the second row that didn't have it. So we were just like, what wow. the fuck? And then we heard some dad, because his kid, I think his kid was like complaining about it. Uh-huh. Um, but his dad was like, oh, if you go to this section, you give them your information, they'll just mail it to you. So I did that. So I'm still waiting. Here, look, these are it. These are the actual. Well, he pulled uh, out the tickets to show if the world. Out, if, if Shaggy ever sees this, um. Because he it pains him every day, but these are the actual rumble tickets. Like the the woman at the counter was like, "Whoever's got the tickets, tell them it's canceled." I'm like, "They're in my drawer. No one has them. I know exactly where these shits are." So, nah, I was um, I was trying to take two seats and they didn't let me. Some lady yelled at me. And I was like, "Damn!" I tried she to was talking to me crazy time. too. I tried to tell folks that if you're gonna go to a wrestling event. And you want to, you know, you want to go, you want to experience everything. If you're going to get ringside seats, you have to either get like near the ramp, like near the entrance ramp. If you're going to get near the ring on the floor, you have to be like as close to the barricade as possible. Other than that, if you're in a 100 section, it's the best possible place you can be. Mm-hmm. It's a fact. Like it's the absolute best possible place you can be. Like the, the every... 100 section in a in an arena is like prime time. Like you get to see it perfectly. And Barclays, oh, perfectly, exactly, perfectly. You get to you you get to zoom in enough to where your camera's not fuzzy. If you need to zoom in enough, but if you don't need to zoom in, the camera shots are still good. You see everything. Like I I can't stress enough how the 100s are really like the fucking place to be. The worst possible seats, though, are the ringside seats that are, like, 10... Like, anything behind, like, the 10th row, if there is one, those mm-hmm. are the worst seats you can have. Because you, you level with everybody else, and once y'all stand up, and you know, at wrestling events, you stand up everywhere. Exactly. And so then it's, it's over, so... If you're behind somebody that's taller than you, God bless. And try not to be in the corners. If you're on the corners uh, ringside... Those aren't good because you're you're going diagonal and now you have to cut across the people next to you and in front of you in that area. So 
Those are the tips for people that never sat ringside or whatever. There you go. I'm really sad you know? about you not going to Mania though. But then again, then again, and this is you know me being a hater. I'm not mad that Mania is canceled because I couldn't go. It's not oh my god! It's not canceled, but to to us, you were you were never through. gonna go though. Like like you were supposed to go with me. My yeah. first Mania was uh, 33. That was New York, right? No, 35 is. New York. 33 is Orlando. Either 33 or 34. I was supposed to go, but then my funds weren't looking right. So now here I am. And I still haven't gone. But next year in LA, I'm definitely in the building. Like that's a plan that's happening. I want a cup of crib in Calabasas. Yo, we can do it. Yo, we know so many people that are going that this can happen. For what it's worth, there's a high chance that I might be living in L.A. by the time Mania happens. Who the fuck? There you go. He was supposed to be moving to L.A. like fucking a year ago. And the Rona happened. What you want me to do? Yeah, here I am. I'm moving to to New York before he's moving out there. (laughs) And and we we still got to deal with Rona, too. That's the worst part. We we have no timetable or whatever. That's the crazy shit. Is like I was was telling Doug earlier... um, I don't know exactly when I'll be able to move because I'm supposed to start this job on July 1st and I don't I don't know exactly when I can move because everybody's supposed to be shut down. So if they're shut down, I'm not moving my shit. Exactly. I don't want to get there and have this U-Haul truck and I got to move all this shit myself because movers are not essential people. Like exactly. That's a, that's a luxury item. So now it's like, damn. You're going to have to pay us too. And we got to make sure it's before eight, because like that's when shit get crazy. And who knows by then? It might be like martial law or some shit. Who the, who the hell? <laughs> no, nah, it's gonna be like I am legend and shit, man. It's gonna be nobody <laughs> out on the streets and shit. I mean, you could put your shit in the Uber, call it a day. Pay, you got to pay the brick. There you go. That's yeah, like Uber, Uber yeah. from where you from where you at to New York. Get a promo code. Yeah, that's a promo code. Last stop, you'll be all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll get 15% off promo code last stop that's wild you ever get that promo code that is the, the, the check is up for you I know imagine I'm waiting I'm waiting for the moment the check is going up so what do we think about uh about mania this weekend being not only pre-tape but just still going on in general Fisic man is the best yo he's the best yo <laughs> Yo, like, like, honest to God, like, the one, the, the only white person that is allowed to be like, fuck all these rules, forget all these things about people and not being inside and all that shit. All these sports leagues canceled. Mind you, like, when the NBA shut down, that's when shit got real for me. I was like, oh, shit, we don't want the NBA. And here come Vince McMahon. Being like, nah, y'all gonna get what y'all want. As soon as I think I saw, I think I, I, I kept looking up like, is Mania gonna get canceled? And then I think the city of Tampa did a press conference, and like the the mayor goes, they asked him about WrestleMania like specifically, and he goes, well, we're gonna leave it up to them. And I was like, wait, what? You leaving it up to who? It's a bad decision. So who? He ain't canceling shit. Like, 
you might as well just say that mania is still happening at that. No, nah, but they were they were getting spicy with it though. They were like, "Oh, uh, we're gonna leave it up to them to cancel it, but if they don't, we will." And I'm like, "So just say, just say it's not gonna happen." What are you just doing? This shit, like, what are you doing right now, bro? Yeah, it should make no sense. When they when they said performance center, like selfishly, I'm like, "This is the only thing on TV I got." Like, y'all better tune in. And, like, you notice it, right? Like, they kept going. So now, like, you see, like, ESPN leaning on it. And I was like, why the hell? Why else is ESPN airing WrestleMania the next three Sundays? And then, like, even this Sunday, they got Mania 35 to mm-hmm. lead you into Mania 36. And I'm just like, you know, he's the only one probably making money, right? Yeah, he's legitimately. I mean, AEW is making money, but it's just. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know you... if they are really, because to be honest, if anything, their money was probably coming like most of it was coming in from like selling tickets and shit like that. Yeah, they definitely they took right. a hell. No, that's a big that's a big hit for them. And I haven't exactly. I didn't even think about it till you said something. For them being such a new company, not oh, having fans that yeah, with AW being such a new company and you know getting off the ground, like they just started their live shows in what October or some shit. Yeah, with them just getting off the ground, having to do these shows with no fans. Think about how much money they're losing right now. Like yeah. the E is cool; they're cool with, with with taking a loss because you know they've been in business for so long. They have this, that, and the third. They got the network to rely on. They got you know merch sales to rely on. AW don't have that, and they need they can't afford to come off a of TV if the WWE comes like the WWE can't afford mm-hmm. because they can just air old shit like old matches and old promos and like just show like the best of until everything gets back because mm-hmm. they have thousands of matches and shit like that. AEW they've been around for a couple months they they have nothing to rely on like the the best thing they can do is probably re air all their old pay per views and maybe like some of their best matches but that can only last you like a month maybe max. If you drag it out, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if like the raw after Mania is just a repeat of Mania with some new promos. Nah, they what, said they. Uh, I've seen reports to say they recorded everything up until the raw after Mania. So once that airs, I don't think they're gonna have anything else. So they're just gonna be airing either reruns or old episodes or you know uh, what happened, shit like that. So yeah. it's it's really gonna get crazy, but I mean, it, it's their best time to all they have to do really like now, they they have an excuse to give everybody an off season, let everybody recover from everything or whatever. Exactly, and they they can they can take those months off. They have like the greatest you know video editing department ever. They can make a bunch of like promo videos and stuff like that. Throw together videos for everything. Focus on getting like the best storylines for like a year and a half in advance. They have all of these things that they can do with this time off that they're not doing. Like, you don't have to burn yourself out doing this. Everybody could perfectly understand why you're not on TV. Right. They could have been doing that. That's so crazy. That, no, but you need you need a reason to do it now. Like, mm-hmm. like if, if we come out of this with, like, four-day work weeks because these jobs are looking and they're like, well, these people stood home and they got th- more things done in, like, four days than they did on the fifth day of quarantine. Maybe we just make it a four-day work week and pay them the same because they'll get more things done that way. Like more thing, more good things can come out of it if people pay attention than 
if they're worrying the entire time. And that's what WWE's been doing, in my opinion. Respectfully. Right. I, don't I think that they'll look at this like looking back on it, it's gonna be a crazy time to talk about this. Like we're going through a lot of history right now. But as far as like the wrestling side of everything, I think that going forward, it's always been my feeling that after WrestleMania, you can always give a month, a month and a half off. And especially with, you know, the network being out now, you have the content, you have the things necessary to give these guys at least a month and a half off. And I think that makes a world of difference because you coming out, you coming out of mania on um, in April, right? You take that month and a half off. Don't ramp up till June. Now you have June, July to get ready for SummerSlam, and you're good to go. Why these guys are fresh? They were they were fresh. They're good to go, and you don't burn these guys out. And I think that this this you know virus, while it sucks, you know present day going forward when we look back on it and seeing some of the things that can happen and should happen, I think that they will happen, and it'll be good for everybody. Yeah, especially with the um. Like the the first Raw that comes back or the first SmackDown is gonna be absolutely insane. Gonna be nuts. Like that yeah. that's gonna people are gonna wanna watch on top of like, you know, the people that are watching every week uh from empty arenas where like Seth Rollins is cutting a promo on the ramp while Seth, while KO's in the ring for some reason for no that doesn't really make sense. Even though the promo was good. It made, it's it, so fire. It made no sense. It's so fire. This is gonna be known as however long this lasts. We look at things in eras and time periods in wrestling and this is gonna be known as I, I think I tweeted this the other day as the promo era. We're getting some really fire promos from a variety of people who you really haven't had to lean into the promos that much because you have the in-ring matches and, and so forth and so on, but you haven't had to lean into the promos. Now with no crowd, you really have to display your charisma. You have to display that you can talk. You have to display that you can compel an audience that isn't even there. And the guys that they have doing this, not only are they compelling, but we're going to look on it down the road and we're going to look at some of these wrestlers. And when we see these WWE 24s, when we see these docs coming out years down the road, they're going to be like, hey, they showed us stuff from when these guys were performing with no audience. And it's essentially what they showed us um, in the FCW doc. Right, where they was out there uh, just looking at each other and no crowd and all this other stuff. But now these guys are doing it, you know, mainstream. I think this is going to be known as the promo era because there are a lot of fire promos being cut now. Are they fire though because there's no fans? Like, 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 I think I saw someone tweet it like the Steph promo is a lot more fire because one thing that was clutch was like they, they did the whole wrap around the ring. And mm-hmm. that was credit to like I guess the cameraman was able to like be more in the crowd than anything, but like it's also a lot more fire when you don't have a hundred a bunch of people just saying what or like trying to use their crowd to like get over. So it's like right how how much fire is this promo if Seth's got to do it in I don't know Wichita Kansas where. They just want to get over and just say Seth Rollins sucks, right? Like, how much are we paying attention to it? Not nah, to me. Crowd? I feel like whether the crowd, like, there that promo was going to be fire regardless because of what he said. 
It's like when CM Punk said, your arms are too short to like box with God. You know, if you say that, if you say that with a million people there, it doesn't matter how big, like there's those promos are so elite. Like the, the undertaker one too, where he was like, uh, if you play with me, I'll make you famous or whatever he said. Like, like it's the promos, as long as it's good enough, they matter. So like, even I feel like the best thing that could ever happen was like the managers now, like people like Zelina Vega, um, uh, fuck, what's his name? Malcolm, what's his name from NXT? Malcolm Bivens is finally getting on TV. If this, yo, if nothing else happened during this coronavirus shit, my son Malcolm Bivens got on TV and I'm very excited about it. That's what I'm saying. So like, you got the managers like them too, right? If it wasn't for them, like... Now it's gonna it's gonna make more sense why you need managers because there's gonna there's people that are talking that are saying hot garbage like nobody cares, cares. but you put a manager behind them where they're saying something that actually means words as opposed to nothing, it it makes all of the difference. Like these promos have been phenomenal, but I hate the way that they're filming them. Like well, not all of them, but the ones where like we're both in a ring, like everybody knows. You're not in a in a in a real arena, right? So you you could just ha- make it so that like Seth bumps into KO when they're walking somewhere, and then they say that to each other, and that means way more than Seth being on top of a ramp, and KO is in a ring, and they're talking on microphones when there's nobody in there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like some some things about that don't make sense. They're it's like when they're overthinking, and I'm like, yo, like the I promo was amazing, it. but really you need to hold a mic on a ramp <laughs> like you could hear each other bro exactly oh, there's nobody else there that, uh the ko match from um from monday was very interesting because you can hear all the shit that he talks oh yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was yeah, yeah. very entertaining like it's a, it's a, it's little things that i'm noticing um about this time period and you know not having an audience that you you begin to appreciate that you don't have when you have an audience. Like you really see, first of all, you really see how bad some of the commentating is. Like some of the commentating Michael, is Michael Cole so holding it down, man. Man, shout out Cole though. He's holding it down. So such a G. You can you can hear the the refs with their exaggerated shit. I'm just like, bro, oh my God, I can't deal with this. You can hear the wrestlers talking their shit, and it's just like, and one thing that I think is very underrated is you know, when they go through these matches, obviously they talk to each other, you know, they're, they're telling each other what's next, you know, this, that, and the third, but I think you're seeing a lot of professionalism with how, you know, you would, you would see online how, uh, you know, a John Cena talk too loud or a Becky Lynch talks too loud. One thing that I haven't seen at all from either, uh, the E or AEW is that anybody's, you know, calling their spots too loud because with no audience, you don't have that noise to mask you saying anything too loud. So I think to be fair, though, I think they might edit those out even if they do. So those that might be the case. That's what I'm assuming Mm -hmm. happens. Or but you don't even need to like, you know, you can pre pre, you know, do your all your matches and the sequences and stuff like that beforehand. Mm-hmm. Because you don't like the reason people call it out in the ring is so that they feel the audience, right? So now they probably don't need they don't have the need for that as much yeah, as they it's did more, before. It's more improvising, like if the crowd's high, yeah. switch shit up. 
Yeah. But now you just have to make a fire match. That's what's going to be interesting about Mania is, you know, with some matches being in a performance center, some matches being filmed on random locations. Honestly, I wish they would film like some crazy shit. Film film Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre and Brock's like backyard or some shit. You know Brock wanna be there. He don't want to be here. He don't want to be in Orlando. What a Saskatchewan. What a chance in hell Brock's coming. Like, no. So Brock wasn't doing shit. That's a locker room leader right there. Okay. That is so, no, low low key, low key. Y'all giving yeah, 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 yeah. Might be giving Brock a little too much, to be honest. What? I will say that. That's my I have I'm on that I'm on that bandwagon. I am very much one of those people who are like Brock has been fine. I ain't had a single problem with Brock in about five years, right? I, I literally think maybe outside of the that random rumble where it was like Brock, Braun, and Kane, I think. Um, like those random shits of like, oh, Brock versus Big Show. Like, all right, I don't need that. But like Brock, everything else has been fire. Exactly. And like, and now I think it just, I think people shit on Brock so much that it has made me be like, nah, he's way more of a goat than you think. Yeah. Now it's like, like, I I remember watching Brock on, uh, he was one of the coaches on, um, UFC, uh, the ultimate fighter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And around people, Brock isn't as bad as wrestlers trying to make him seem because they're like a nobody, not, not a nobody, not to be disrespectful. But if you're lower in the card and you have nothing to do with Brock Lesnar and there's no real reason for you to talk to Brock Lesnar, <laughs> why are you there? Exactly. But the, but but then they're like, oh, Brock never talked to me when he was champion, so I guess he's like the worst person ever. But I remember watching him in, on the Ultimate Fighter and he was coaching people. One one guy like they thought he tore his ACL. He was checking in on him, making sure he was all right, seeing if he needed anything. He's actually a really good guy. He he likes to check in on people he cares about and stuff like that. But I feel like also the wrestling media, they're never going to write anything good about anybody trying to be put over. And I no. feel like that that adds to the perception to them. But I'm I'm going to keep reiterating this until everybody's a Brock guy. Yo, that's they, it. They be playing play my guy. Everybody just hates Brock because he, in an era where everybody expects you to work all the time, Brock was... And still is. He works a couple matches too. I live to have a work life like Brock Lesnar. Okay. Bro, pay me for a few appearances and a few couple shifts, and I'm good. And when I show up, I put like 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 Rock said on 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 IG, right? Who puts the, who puts the seats in? Like who who's bringing this money in? And Rock that, always that, does. That, when that guitar go off, when that riff go off. Business picks up. You hear, you hear you hear the crowd, bro. Like you hear the crowd. If you've been in the if you've been in the arena when a Brock Lesnar match happens, you can just feel the energy pick up when when that guitar riff goes off. Like exactly. it's just a different vibe. Like I when think, Brock shows up, it's business time. I think the only thing, and it's not his fault because he wasn't a part of it, and I and I and I wish they did it. I wish Brock would have pulled up to NXT during Survivor Series and just cleaned house, like let people know. But they didn't do it, and I and I because I I guess I gassed my own head up, and I was like, 
yo, it's going to be NXT. It's going to be all three. And when they announced it, I was, I was hyped. So I'm thinking, obviously, we're going to get the triple threat with all the world champions. So I'm thinking, yo, Brock's got to pull up and just wreck shop on NXT. Nah. Because if, if that, ha- if that happens, so the internet bad. would explode and, and blow up and that everybody would, would be crying. Everybody would have been like, I can't believe Brock is burying all these people. Like, it's insane. I can't believe it. It's it's nuts. I live for the chaos. Vince has lost his mind. I'd just be now, sitting there like this is fine. To to take a sharp left, let me talk about Brock for a little minute. Um, what do we think is gonna happen with um with Goldberg at WrestleMania? Now I saw a report come out. I saw two over the past couple weeks. One was saying something about Goldberg and Braun Strowman. The other one uh, was about uh, Triple H saying that Roman's going to get written off some kind of cool way or some shit like that. Regardless, I am kind of concerned about what they're going to do with the Universal title at Mania. Wait, is that match confirmed, canceled? Roman and Goldberg? So weird, because they said Roman's out, right? But I'm literally on wwe's website right now it's still listed as a match so and on smackdown they said it was gonna happen right, yeah, right. on the, well, SmackDown, the, the last couple this one coming up uh tomorrow and the last one have been taped so no they no, no but i'm saying like the the reason they could have just edited that out because it was like a, right. a cutaway scene that didn't mean anything and they specifically only mentioned goldberg roman I think so uh, I was like, if if it was canceled, they could have just edited that ten seconds out where they mentioned that. He did it. Oh, it's for sure canceled. It's for sure canceled. Um, Roman Roman has said on his IG um, a couple of times that that is canceled, and he's pretty much told people who disagree with it, "Oh, you can kiss my ass because I'm looking out for myself because you know he has leukemia." Yeah. So, so he's definitely at risk. Oh, but I thought it was just, just a rumor. I had no nah, idea. Nah, he, nah, he's he's big out. He's big. I watched, He's um, he did it. He did a Triple H did an interview with ESPN. I think that I forgot. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but the, the main like MMA correspondent and Ariel Hawani. Oh, that's his name. That's a good way to yeah. pronounce it, too. They he asked him, he was like, Yo, what's up with Roman? He was like, How do you balance the fact that like this is supposed to be kind of under wraps of like what's happening because everything's happening, but you also have Roman on IG, like, saying, like, why he's missing it. But then Triple H was like, they're writing him off. They're, like, I think something's going to happen, but they're the way they're writing it off, he's like, we have something planned. So I guess the match, in a way, probably something happens, I know for sure. Like, I don't think it's canceled, but the way he gave it off is, like, something's happening in regards to that. That is very interesting. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do because, I mean, it was already, already people were pissed off about, well, some people, some people, some people agree with the decision to have Goldberg win. Others were not. I was in the latter. I was in the latter because I'm like, well, shit, this is fucking Kevin Owens versus Goldberg at Fastlane all over again. Well, you know what they can do, I guess, I don't know, would be pretty cool, would be if they do the Fiend and Cena match day one, and then Goldberg comes out to talk day two, and then the Fiend challenges him and beats him there. Never thought about that. Write that up. I don't know. I just made that up, you know. 
That's what do I know? What do very, I know? I'm not a wrestling guy. I was thinking, might be right. Because uh, might be. Because I was thinking, like, just fuck it, just throw a triple threat match together or some shit like that. But that might actually be, you know, a good idea. The chances of it, yeah, very slim to none. But if they if they want to hit reset and act like nothing happened, all you have to do is that. I I could see that happening because, like, the thing I kept thinking is like, they're you're kind of fucked if you don't want Goldberg as your champion for however long this is, right? Like, you don't want that clearly. The plan, I, I was kind of iffy on it. Like, I get why they went for it. It's a, it's kind of like a business thing, but I also mm-hmm. wanted, like, the Roman Brady, like, connecting storyline. But I think if you're going to do Mania, Bray and Cena makes, makes way more sense because to this day, people are still upset about that shit. Um, yeah, all, all you got to do is hit the reset. And then it, it's a good excuse because it's, it's safer for Goldberg not to travel around, especially – since he's like 55 and older in age, you know, you don't want somebody traveling around when you got the Rona running around, even though Vince is everywhere while and out. Cause he doesn't care. He everywhere. doesn't believe in sickness. He really does it. <laughs> you know, he does not believe in sickness. So all you got to do is you can't think too much about it because if you do, then you give people uh, in and an out for complaining about what's going on. They're going to complain anyway, though. Wrestling Twitter complains about everything. Like, literally everything. I don't even know how I see all these complaints because I don't like to follow people like that. Like, I don't I'm, like I'm in, people who complain corner. about everything. Oh, my God, I think, bro. I think I I see it mostly off of retweets. Mm-hmm. And then I see people, yeah. oh, people are, like, a lot of things that happen are since what I don't see. And I, but the people that complain, like, the people that complain about the people complaining... That's where I think the problem is. I need to get rid of those people because those people, I, it doesn't make sense to me when people complain about someone getting famous or someone's opinion getting famous because you're retweeting it and quote tweeting it and Which making other it. people, you're promoting it. It makes no yeah. sense. They're like, you, like when people complain about like Takashi and they're like, I can't believe people like Takashi post the links to a song and goes, this is so garbage. Look at the song. Look how bad, listen to how bad it is. You're playing the song. You're giving it spins, and then you're promoting the song. And then other people are going to listen because they want to hear how bad it is. And guess what happens when people like the songs? Makes no sense. Oh, my God. Look how bad this match is. Post the YouTube link to the match so everyone else can watch it. And people love bad matches on Twitter because it's just madness. They 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 want to see that madness. I don't know why they love bad matches so bad. Do y'all think the one thing that concerns me about mania and the whole like no crowd effect is i think it's gonna change like match results so like part of me feels like going into it like if everything's regular right like if manny is on his way to tampa for mania i kind of felt like most of the titles were changing like brock was losing goldberg was losing now I'm like, yeah, maybe they'll find a way for Goldberg to lose. But, like, does Drew get that moment now, right? I don't think Drew wins now. Yeah, and I thought before, like, yo, it's a wrap. Like, Drew's winning it. And now I'm like, do they treat Mania like it's normal? Or do we, like, we're going to hold this off until whenever 
everything. I feel like if there is going to be a long break, Drew wins. If if they're taking a break after all of this, Drew is going to win and he's going to pop the crowd when they come back. If they but, don't take a break and it's just still, you know, quarantine TV and they're still doing it, Brock wins because it makes the most sense. Because Drew winning to nobody does nothing for him really. In the long like looking in the grand scheme of things. Cuz right. Drew is a hype is a hype guy, you know? You you get hype watching him, you yell, you cheer and everything like that. Brock, he's just a dominant. He doesn't need nobody to cheer him. Boom, he's going to do his business. So that's what you got to watch out for when it comes down to that. I, I I see where you're coming from. I I made a joke before all these um all the quarantine shit happened. I was like, yo, I would really laugh in uncontrollably hard if Brock were to actually win. Now, mind you, this is before all this quarantine shit happened because I think it's just funny when people get outraged when Brock wins. But now I I truly believe that he wins and they wait until SummerSlam to uh to crown Drew. Because if anybody's gonna take the you know take the heat or just be cool with not being in front of a crowd, it's Brock. Whereas coming off the rumble and coming off of all he all the 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 energy he had before all this quarantine shit happened, Drew was hot. Drew was hot. And you don't want to have him win a, a championship in front of no crowd because that energy is not there. Right? Rather than just waiting, see how things play out, and you have SummerSlam coming up, which is a, a big show. So now what they're gonna do is, in my opinion, They've shifted all of the energy from, you know, making WrestleMania the biggest show of the year to now SummerSlam has to be the biggest show of the year. If if it if it's possible, and See, it might not even happen. That's so. the you got to assume right. Slam's happening. Who's to say it happens, right? So, like, do you do you let Drew have it, and then maybe what would y'all rather have? Would you rather? Say if you're the fan, right? Like, say if, like, everything happens and then they're like, yo, first show, New York, we're just airing out the card. Would you rather the show kicks off, regardless of what, whether it's a taping or, like, a pay-per-view, would you rather, like, the show kicks off and Drew walks out as your champion? Like, that's the first guy you see? Or... Did you rather get Brock Drew that night and then Drew wins? No. Well, Drew being the first guy you see when you come back, that does wonders for him, and you have to build more main event people. Because right now there's no main event people. Mm-hmm. Like, you got Seth, kind of. Like, he's building back up to it. Like he, I feel like depending on what happens with KO and this feud, that's going to prove whether or not he's the main main event guy because he was kind of stale when he was up there as a baby face sucked as a baby face and that's what exactly that's another topic like how many main event people do you have that you know can carry the company you got roman that's one definite that are full-time not part-time that might not be part that might be it roman i can give it the ko but they have to stop shitting him the company like the whole company you can't because KO KO can do he can do heel or face. He sells the merch. He can give you the press runs. He can do promos. 
But what what kills KO is they don't give him they don't give him enough time to build these things to where he can get from out of like he has he has his following right, but he doesn't he doesn't get enough time and get enough matches to where he can build the the kids. Roman gets the kids. Everybody wants to be fucking Roman Reigns. Like everybody, Roman Reigns. It's because Roman is the most believable looking guy, well, top mm-hmm. guy that they have. And you know who's another believable looking top guy? Drew McIntyre. Yeah. You know, when when you gotta you gotta also think about marketability. And mm-hmm. like when when like when I'm watching AEW or NXT and then my stepdad walks in the in the kitchen or whatever, the living room, and he sees it on, he's like, he's looking at those guys, he's like, yo, these guys are small. Like, you know, everybody's used to seeing like a believable wrestler type of guy. And that's that's what you got to look out for. There's only two people like that. And it's Roman and Drew. Yep. And I think that that WWE has to do a better job of, you know, shifting that 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 mindset, because there's nothing wrong with having those guys who have the traditional look. But in an era where. A lot of guys can talk. A lot of guys can wrestle, but they don't have that traditional look. You need to be able to swing that 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 perception to be like, hey, KO's one of those guys. Yeah, he has a fucking bowling ball for a fucking stomach, but he's one of those fucking guys. It's funny. I when I refind it, I'll send it to y'all. Cena just did an interview. And I think it came out today. And he they asked him about like him doing still doing mania. Oh, I actually no, I'm tripping. I think he, he does Corey Graves podcast. Uh I think I see what you're talking about. I didn't look at it, but I saw yeah. the the actual so tweet. He basically says what we're saying. He's like, the one thing that's really different now compared to like the old days is like there's no there's not one guy that just can carry the company he's like we don't have that right now uh he's like you don't have your stone cold the rock now like you don't have that one guy that we is like this is who we represent who this is represents us and this is who we put out but on the flip side he was like i know we don't have that and i know it's needed but i don't know if today's world allows it because essentially the crowd will love him right and if since we're talking about roman roman's the perfect example the crowd in 2014 loves that guy and then as soon as the company said oh we see that and we're gonna do this everyone turned Right, like, and the yeah. only thing they were doing was giving the crowd exactly what they wanted. They literally gave them exact. Oh, you want a Roman to win the Rumble and win the title at Mania? All right, well we're gonna get Roman to win the Rumble and the title at Mania. Obviously, we're not gonna do it the year that you guys wanted him because we had the storylines built up. But you're gonna get it eventually, and they got it eventually, and they shitted on it because they got it eventually. This is basically said at the end of the day, they're going to shit on it. So can you even get it? And kind of to your point of where, like, maybe they got to change the mode. He's like, at some point, the pendulum always swings, right? So at some point, 
it's gonna sway over and then we'll go back to a time where like there's just one guy and we could put him behind. I don't know who that is. The closest, if I'm thinking about it right now, and I might be fucking crazy about it, they're all in NXT. The problem yeah. with all the NXT people, if you think about it, they're just as old as the people right. on the main roster. Uh, and, and that was 38 years old. Yeah. Chompa's, Chompa's, Chompa's he's up there. He's, he's mid thirty, mid to late thirties. Gargano, same. But maybe, what, maybe Dream, but probably no. He's he's nah, younger than me. He's Dream, a year younger than me. Dream's Dream, the only one. Yeah, Dream's like twenty four. But to what Cena was saying about this this pendulum theory, right? So if you look at the eighties, right? You look at the eighties. They had fucking Hulk Hogan. I can't name anybody else from the eighties that had the championship because I don't watch. Pre nineties wrestling, that's just not my. That's Hogan. I mean, the the usual. That's Hogan. That's Flair. That's Young. Okay, Savage. Hogan Warrior. Warrior. You had these guys who held the title for a while, right? Then in the nineties to you know late nineties and shit like that, you start to see. You, st- you see a Triple H, you see Stone Cold, you see a The Rock, you see an Undertaker, you see a variety of different guys holding the title, but nobody was really having these long reigns, right? And then you shift to the 2000s to where you have a long JBL reign, to where you have a long John Cena reign. You have these long reigns to where it's now we're sit- we're- we need to shift back to the other side to where we're getting these quick reigns. And I've said this before. Now is the time for them to build new stars based on a hot potato theory for the title. It doesn't hurt anybody if you give them a championship reign and they have it for seven days. Imagine when Samoa Joe was was in his bag, right, before all the injuries happened a couple years ago. Imagine they give him the title when he's hot. Imagine... They give a Braun Strowman the title when he's hot, right? See you have- what you're saying is what you're saying is like the perfect. I was just talking about this on the podcast I just recorded with Wrestling Gifts. Mm-hmm. He just explained how people used to flip the titles back and forth. You can have Mick Foley win it one day, the next month The Rock wins it. The Rock can almost lose it on a SmackDown and stuff like that. A random ass yeah. SmackDown or Raw. If, if that happens now, people like. People take one loss as a burial, like like um, Ricochet losing to Brock at Saudi. That was considered a burial for some reason, even though Ricochet faced Braun in the main event at Saudi Arabia. You know, I thought I thought with the whole Ricochet thing, I didn't even watch the match with Brock, but I'm like, he's gonna get washed anyway. Everybody I knew. I don't anyway. understand him losing to uh, fuckboy's name though, Riddick Moss. Riddick Moss. I, I was like, wait, okay, did something happen? You don't just lose to Riddick Moss. I forgot Riddick Moss worked there. And now that was random, yeah. Yeah. So like that. Um, but I will say in in the case of like the title changing, they kind of have proof that it is fire though, because they do it around Survivor series. If you look at like the last two years, they changed the one in the world titles changes right before Survivor Series. This year, last year, it was Brock beats Kofi like right a month before, but then the year the year before, Daniel Bryan beats AJ like the night before Survivor Series, and then goes to face Brock 
And then the year before that, AJ beat Jinder. And then a week later, he went to face Brock. And those were fire. Shout out Jinder Mahal. Shout out Jinder Mahal, too. But, like, they, I think they, that's something that they should look into, though, because even I with the 24 7 title, Jinder as a champ was fire. Like, his matches weren't anything to, to behold. But when you look at champions for me, and I don't even know if it's just champions. When you look at wrestling as a whole, for me, you have to be able to entertain. You have to be able to talk. You have to be able to captivate. And there's a lot of guys who people have said over the years, oh, they're they're the next big thing. They're fire, this, that, and the third. And I look at them, I'm like, yeah, you're really good at wrestling, but are you good at entertaining? And for this being a entertaining company, you have to entertain me. Like I love wrestling as much as the next guy. I will sit down and I will watch. Um, I watch Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. I watch a Stone Cold versus Bret Hart at Mania Thirteen. I watch these wrestling clinics all day long. But at the same time, when it comes to being able to entertain and see why certain guys are not getting over a lot of it is because these guys can't entertain they can't talk they can't hold they can't hold your attention outside of doing some flippy shit so it's just like why should i pay attention to this guy more than the next guy when the next guy can actually talk and entertain me which like that's to be honest that's the that's the AEW thing the mm-hmm. AEW thing they're trying to you know, stick to the the flips and stuff like that. And there's a couple people that can they can do some promos. I'm not gonna hold you. This like Cody is always gonna be good for a promo. Jericho, the people like that. But then there's some people that don't really say anything, and they're gonna have to do way more than just flip around and that can get people's attention on a mainstream uh level. You know. I remember listening to like an old episode of Wrestle Rap, and uh, Amigo Sparks was talking about how gender was was like your modern day like 80s style wrestler like the classic heel like you just hated him but like even with AEW it's just I I'm and B, coach you know this like I think Cody is the most mid thing in wrestling like I think he, I agree. I think he's like, like, I think his character and just everything about him is like not even trying to be Triple H. I think he wants to be like Shane McMahon. I think he's way more Shane. Like, you're like a fake Shane McMahon than like a Triple H. It's rude to say he wants to be Triple H. It's like, it's rude to Triple H to say that. But um, he wants to be, He he's trying to prove that he's better than him. And that's the weird part. Cause like, what the Triple H, like, obviously. He has a problem with Triple H, and Triple H did something to him that we don't know about, and he's been trying to, you know, show it this whole time. But I don't, he, I don't know, because I I stopped watching wrestling for like a few years, maybe from like 08 to like 2011 is when I was like kind of wasn't really watching, but like nothing about Cody Rhodes was entertaining or like he's a star. Shit, I like Stardust. Like I thought Stardust was actually tight fire towards the end especially with like Stephen Amell I thought that was fire but like nothing about Cody Rose was ever like oh my god WWE's underutilizing him just thought he was just regular him and like 
it's a couple wrestlers in there. It's Cody, it's EC3. Uh EC3 stinks. I'm like these dudes, I don't I don't see it. Like, and mind you, I'm not a uh I've never I never was really like involved with the indies. So like when NXT was coming up, like if Kevin Owens was, I didn't know who Kevin Owens was before NXT, but like my boy, like my friends would tell me, right? So like they would be like, yo, he's fire, or like Sami Zayn and Nakamura and all of them. So, but like, so and I saw it, like you can see it, right? You can be like, yo, that that you see Finn Balor's entrance and you're like, yo, that's a star. And like I never saw it with with Cody. There's a bunch of people, well, most of the mid-card people that they try to use over there that they try to say are like really main event stars. It's not the case at all. It's, it's I really... want to talk to everybody what happened with Sean Spears. I thought he, I thought that Vince McMahon wasn't using him right. He goes to AEW and what? He's hold worse. That thought. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. My boy Manny, he got to get up out of here. He got shit to do. He got more drinks to get. He got more uh, more ladies to see. If you, if you ever see Manny in person, understand – he is the Dominican version of Drake. Right? He has a beard and everything. My man Manny is very handsome. All right, but I try. Uh, Manny, Manny, tell the folks, um, you know, give me a drop, give me your info, you know, so they can they can follow you and stuff. Listen, before I do that, I just want to thank you. I want to thank uh, Douglas, Doug. I think your name was Brendan, right? Brandon, Brandon. <laughs> All three. You're good. All three. Yeah, there you go. So, yo, shout out to you. I never met you before, but you're a pretty cool guy. You'll follow me on IG and Twitter. My IG is at Manny Dizla, M-A-N-N-Y-D-I-S-L-A, and at Silk Durag on Twitter. So you can find me on those. Um, shout out to everybody, you know, tuning in to here. Shout out to Coach for having me. No problem, um, you know, check out the Last Stop podcast. That's my podcast where I talk sometimes uh, when I have the time and when I can find the time. And, yeah, I appreciate you for having me and hope you guys kill it for the rest of this episode. It was an honor to be here. Thank no you. Problem. No problem, bro. I appreciate you coming on. Um, folks, make sure you go ahead and check out uh, the Last Stop podcast. My guy has pretty good content. Um, does a lot on Twitter. Does a lot on, you know, podcasts. And Manny's a very good guy. So make sure you go ahead and check them out. Um, thank you. For and leave coming. a five-star review over here, too. Five-star reviews only. Yes, sir. All right. Go ahead and handle your business. When you uh, when you drop the merch, I'll be the first one to, to buy and support. Let's go. 100, I appreciate that. I got you. It's after for the one-on-one. After pay, though. All right? <laughs> 100, 100 installments of $24.99. Well, listen, I'm counting your pocket. Right to this. I, see, I see that $1,200 check coming in. I'm, I'm going to be tapping your pockets when it does. <laughs> All right, yo. Be safe, man. You too, man. All right.